Who's sponsoring the show today? Diddy Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong Industries and Konami. <laughs> Live from Washington Studios, which is a, such a dumb name for it. It's the Pinfall Wrap Up! I feel like that's like the Salvation Army headquarters. There's some Brought to you by Lacoste. <laughs> yes. Thank you for checking out the Pinfall Wrap-Up. I am your host, Andrew Caracci, alongside... Robert Groth. And, holy crap, it's been what? Um, About a year. Let's just call it a year. September last yeah, September, year, yeah. September, yeah, August. Around uh, that yeah, time, uh, yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. a wa- long time. Uh, Pinfall Wrap-Up is back with no introduction, except for that introduction. And what do we have in store tonight? We're just going to cover some basic wrestling news that's going on right now. Obviously, like with everything with COVID, the shows have been kind of weak, so we're not going to cover like the shows in detail, just a bunch of the current news and kind of an overview of some of the stuff that's going on and whatever else comes to mind, as always. Uh, So, where are we? Not literally, but like, Uh, where (laughs) where are people finding this? So, obviously, uh, iTunes... You said we're on Stitcher. We're on everything. So anywhere you can find your a podcast, honestly, go ahead search for Pinfall Wrap Up. Uh, we're on Spotify now. Spotify is awesome. Every you know everything is moving to Spotify. It's crazy. It's it's frightening because like I have so many shows. Like I think um, I know uh, I always listen to the last podcast on the left. They moved over. I begin I believe at the beginning of the year. Joe Rogan, I think beginning of next year. He's gonna be exclusively. On He's Spotify? exclusively on Spotify. Interesting. They paid him a hundred million dollars to move his show exclusively Weird. to Spotify. One hundred million was the deal on that, and they're they're buying up a bunch of other you know ones what? too. I'm just throwing it out there. I'll do it for fifty million. 50, we'll go, we'll 50, go, 50 exclusive on Spotify. We'll go exclusive on Spotify. I'll do it for fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, fifty million. Fucking fifty, 50 cents at this point. If we get like fifty million, where you can get all your live wrestling. Fifty content. cents, and they. Uh, I'll do six shows a month. I mean, a week. For that type oh, of price. Oh, fuck, Six yes. shows a day. For $50 million? Yeah. Well, over what period of time? It don't even fucking matter. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> over it, over the rest of my life. I'll do right. six shows. Yeah. It I, would... I mean, that'd be a hell of a commitment, but still, that's a lot of money, so I'd that's take it. I probably still would have to stock dairy, but... <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> um, Inside, the majority of the people that would listen to this would get that right away. Yeah, that's, that is true. That is, you'd still be stocking. <laughs> um... So, one of the big stories right now, have you been following the whole WrestleMania stuff? No. Like, what they're thinking about doing with that? So, uh... Are they not... Are they... They still think they're going to So, WWE is looking for an answer by December for if California is going to let them hold WrestleMania. Obviously, uh, California just rescinded, like, a bunch of the... I should have rescinded. It's not the right word. They, uh, rolled back some of the, um the openings they were doing in response to COVID. So they initially had closed bars and, you know, public events and all that kind of good stuff. And then like all of these different states were doing, well, plant phase two is you open this, that, this, and that phase three is you open whatever, whatever. So they were in the process of reopening restaurants, reopening uh, bars to an extent, reopening a bunch of stuff. And because everything is kind of research on a resurgence now, they're, dialing everything back 
Obviously, WrestleMania was going to be, I think it was, they were billing it as WrestleMania Hollywood or something along those lines this year, so it's taking place in California. Well, California being super liberal and all that kind of stuff, they're sort of um, being really restrictive with stuff, and they, they dialed all that stuff back. So now WWE is looking for they're a response. They're like their own little country. Yes, I mean, they, they essentially are. They operate as their own. I mean, even when you buy stuff, they have their own like rules and regulations on like lawnmowers and all different type microwaves and all of that. Like California, blah, blah, blah. You know, they are kind of like their own country. So WWE is looking for... Um, a response from uh, the state of California whether or not they'll be able to hold it there because then they're going to replan it moving forward so they're already looking at sp- almost scrapping a second Wrestlemania back to back what are your thoughts on that I think they'll probably end up doing it in Florida if they do do it yeah that but... seems to be the one place where people can do things and it's interesting because Florida if it were a country would be the number for country in the world with cases. Just a little side fact. But yeah, just uh, they're they're the le- I mean Disney uh, was it Disney World that's down there or Disneyland, whatever Disney one they have, whichever I Disney park they like, have is open. And I think we're we're already going off the rails, but you know let's do it. So uh, I was watching uh, some videos and you know how they always like to do this propaganda for either either one's one political side or the other political side so the one they were saying um and these are usually made by younger people people probably 10 years 10 years or more younger than us they said the reason why japan's numbers are so much lower than everyone else because they listen and trust their government because their government is very good and we we were we're told by um we're told by teachers and adults that do not trust your government because your government is evil. And we're all about uh, having... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much to that extent. Um, clearly that's something that's coming directly from the left. Um, not That's saying that one side is better than the other because they're both crazy yes. in their own in their own retrospect but I just found that kind of interesting that that's how they're going to spin it trust your government well it's not a matter of even because your government your, always well, the, knows I think the thing with Japan um, even even before all this stuff went down um, you you would see Japanese people always out in public wearing masks that's just part of their thing like we, that was we do that to an extent not everybody more but, but more, more so over there uh because they they it's a matter of honor to them to not spread like if you have the sniffles or whatever you put on a mask because it's dishonorable to spread something you could prevent spreading right. to someone else so they've had that like instilled in their culture a little bit more than we have like for us masks are super foreign and people call it an invasion of their rights which i'm not even going to get started on all that but um, they just see it as, hey, it's a decent thing to do, even if it helps out a little bit, why not? So it's not even like you're really twisting their arm to put masks on and all this stuff, so they're, to them, if they could go above and beyond, even beyond masks, they're willing to do it where you're not really seeing that in this country, because there's massive pushback right away, which kind of ties into the point you were making about, like, trust and all that stuff. So I think that's why, like, Japan in particular, you would see a lesser part of it but according to this 
they're saying it actually has more so to do with the restrictions California just put in is further delaying uh, the construction of the field that they're building. So I guess SoFi Field is where they're going to be holding WrestleMania or where they're tentatively planning on holding it. Mm-hmm. And construction has pretty much been stopped. So there might not be a stadium, stadium for, for them to actually have it in. So they're already scouting out Plan B locations. Their thing is they're wondering whether or not you can hold it in California. That's unplayable. <laughs> um, oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's odd to think what that... What do you think about the, um, the idea of how the cases are not as high as maybe we're being reported? They're not as high, or they're higher than? They're not as high. They're not as high? Okay. So there's, so... A, there's an argument, and I'm not saying one's right or wrong, but uh, Disco made this argument. Um, and for people that don't know, he, Disco, yeah, he had a he was a wrestler that had a goofy little gimmick, but um, Disco's not an idiot, and he's a smart... I'd say, would you say he's a smart person? Like, well-informed? Um, well-informed like, is the way I'd put it. Well he's very well-informed. Um, if he has an argument, he's he puts, willing to put an uh, argument behind it. He, he puts does... thoughts into his opinions, so yeah, he's able to argue the points he makes, and he's well-informed. Okay. I agree. So, um, yeah, so the point he was making was that um, the way they're documenting cases, if, say, you get it, they're just assuming that you gave it to 20 people. So... If uh, if one person actually got diagnosed with COVID, they'll say it's 21 people. And that's why the numbers are a little higher. In theory. Um, that... There, there are major flaws in that. Because I, I don't think you can... I don't think the science is at the point where you can actually conclude that on average 20 people are being impacted by every one contagious person. Right. I, I think that's that's flawed just in and of itself. I mean, I'm sure there are cases where it's possibly well, that's, more. That's but... how they're, uh, that's how the case studies, that's what they're doing. Um, because if you see different, different sites report different numbers. <laughs> so And another thing that's pretty interesting is you have, many different doctors that have many different opinions on this and they're all all over the place some doctors are saying that it's nothing more than just a flu other doctors are saying that it's dangerous than any other virus that you could possibly get it's more dangerous than say swine flu because it spreads easier Mm -hmm. if you have underlying conditions you're going to die or like you know the the fear that they impact with it yeah. When um, the facts that I've come across is, I think it's what, 20% of people even show symptoms, correct? Is that the number? I, I don't think it's that high. It's not even that high? I don't think it's anywhere near that high. Okay. I don't think it's 20%. I mean, I could. That just shows symptoms. I thought it was 80% asymptomatic. Like I said, I don't have any stat books in front of me. Uh, let's see what we got. Wow, Google. Uh, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, at the eighty percent of infections are mild or asymptomatic. Fifteen percent are severe. Okay. Five percent are critical. So you were right on that number, actually, one hundred percent. Okay. So eighty percent are asymptomatic, so no symptoms. Right. Twenty percent are. Or very mild, like yeah. you mm-hmm. had a sniffle for a day or yeah. something like that. Um. So eighty percent are asymptomatic. So out of that, though, the asymptomatic ones, it is rare for them to be transmitting the virus. Interesting, because so that's not says, what they're telling is us. Asymptomatic transmission of the coronavirus disease common. Asymptomatic infection may be rare, and transmission from an asymptomatic person is very rare. So, Thus, transmission from asymptomatic cases is likely not a major driver of transmission. So it's people that are symptomatic that are driving it. And this so, is from the CDC. So what are we doing? So, the uh, from my understanding, the idea of everything that is, now it makes sense when, when Disco was talking about it. Like it actually, it it's actually computing. Like his whole, so his whole philosophy is we just need to get back to normal. And it, if this is the new normal, we have to be normal. And I don't know if I 100% agree with all of it, but so, it, like... I think, I, I think this can be like a catalyst for a bunch of positive changes. I think there's nothing wrong with operating a lot cleaner than we have been. Sure. I think there's a lot of stuff that we've done as a society where we've become super lax. And I think it's a lot like to do with complacency of we just, well, we've been safe this long. You know what? A good comparison would be before 9-11. Sure. Where security at airports was not, I don't want to say non-existent, but essentially non-existent compared to what they are today. A lot of security Still precautions. Still have not been in an airport since. Oh, really? Yeah. Last That's time I was in an airport, I think, was like 2000. Oh. Um, but then it takes like something smacking you in the face. Oh, wake up. And then it goes super extreme. And then as we see, with time, it normalizes. But the new normal is a lot more stern than what yeah. it was before. I think that's kind of what we're in right now, and we're already starting to see like the other side of it to a degree. So, I think. Do the, we dare go and talk about the the most? Uh, I always butcher this word, but the controversial. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, the the topic that everyone always wants to talk about, and it's the masks. See, I, I guess I don't understand like what what the issue is with it i think it's a lot of people who are more focused on the principle of being asked to do something they don't want to do it it's interesting to me because we've now even seen the president wearing a mask Mm -hmm. for the first time he wore one over the weekend going i think he was visiting wounded soldiers or something i'm sure they were happy to see him but um it's getting to the point, like, the Surgeon General, he has changed his course on it. Of course, uh, Dr. Fauci from the CDC, he's been, you know, saying, you know, we were wrong in the beginning. Masks are important to do this. I mean, there's a lot of, even if it helps a little bit, I think wearing a mask, if that's all they're asking you to do. Yeah, it's fine. But they're, they're saying, if you do this, you get this. I, I guess I don't see the problems with that because right now as it stands if no one wants to do like follow even the basics of it restaurants aren't going to be open bars right. aren't going to be open public I think, events i think for me what it goes through is if a private business 
is saying you have to wear a mask to enter my business, then I don't. Oh, have a, obviously, I don't, I don't have an issue with obviously. that. Obviously, your um, your it's not your rights aren't being impacted because right. you are choosing to go into True. a business where it has that policy. But let's just say you're gonna go out for a walk with by yourself or maybe one other yeah. person that you're gonna spend all day with, anyways. Do, or if you're going to drive your car or yeah. you're going to be outside, I think that's where it gets a little ridiculous. Now, granted, where we live, they haven't fully impacted anything like that yet. Uh, around us it is, but I don't know if it'll get to Waukesha to the point where they're going to be like, everybody. Hello. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to get to that point around here, per se, and I think that's that's probably going a little bit too far when they start kind of doing stuff like if you're walking in a park. I think the way a lot of communities are ruling on it is if you're walking in a park or you're, I think if you're walking in a park with a family member or a close relative or something along those lines, you're allowed to not wear a mask. If you know you're going to be closer than six feet from someone while you're partaking in that activity, you have to wear a mask. I think that's how the ruling works in all of those. So if you're, like, hiking, you don't have to wear one because you can easily stay more than six feet apart. But if you are, you know, in a crowded park or something along, like, when you... What if it's a group of friends, say, like, a group of three or four I mean, I think it gets hanging to, out with all I, day I think it that... gets to the point where some of these are just not enforceable. Right. I think yeah, if you're, you know, walking on a busy street in downtown Chicago... Yeah, put a mask put on. Put a fucking mask on. Mm-hmm. Just shut up, bite the yeah. bullet, put a mask on. Because I guess it's a matter of... What do you want? Do you want things to perpetually stay closed and we constantly live like this? Or do you want to move past... I mean, it's a fucking mask. So what? I guess I don't understand what the what the big roadblock is in people's minds. They're, they're dying on a hill for no reason. Yeah, I think it's because uh, baby boomers don't want to wear it because uh, they claim they can't breathe, which is actually kind of... Uh, ironic in a sense when this, you think about it. This is there's a lot of irony in that. I yeah, uh, this I don't think is the hill to die on. No, this this isn't it. There are a lot of things where you could complain about government overreach, and I could spend five hours of a podcast talking about things where the government is taking a role in your life where they shouldn't be. But them asking you to put a mask on is probably or a private business I even. Would, I would say that if. Uh, the government shouldn't be closing down businesses or stuff like that to prevent a virus. Like it would be more, um, especially like a small, uh, a small business or even like a rest, like a small restaurant or so, something like that. Like as long as you're, I don't know, unless you can make testing super easily available, which is funny because that gets into WWE and see how I segue that. Hey, back that is perfect. That so they're finally now testing. They, so you know they haven't been testing this whole time. So essentially. For those of you listening who don't know the whole story about how this works, so AEW has been testing from the beginning mm-hmm. on all of this. They've they've been because they don't run a sloppy shop. Yeah, according to Taz, that is the case. So they've been testing from the beginning on this whole thing. And what happened was WWE was doing kind of like what a lot of um, a lot of workplaces are doing, where they're not giving you a straight up COVID test, but they're giving you like temperature and a questionnaire. We deal with it every day when we show up to work. That's all they've been doing. Um, but that is literally all they've been doing is they take your temperature and whatever, whatever. So uh, they had one 
uh, developmental talent uh, at the NXT tapings who uh, felt a little bit under the weather, but she had passed temperature-wise. The questionnaire, she was okay, but she felt like a little bit off. So she went to the doctor on her own, got tested. It came back positive. Let the WWE know. WWE says, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. So then they rush out and they test everyone. And everyone comes back with it. Just about. Like, it was, um, so. It was close to like 30 to 60 people. And like. obviously there's some, um, some overlap between WWE and uh, AEW. Not only are they both filming exclusively in Florida right now. Uh, WWE is right outside of Tampa, I believe. Or are they Orlando? Wherever Full Sail is. I think they're in Tampa. I think yeah. they're outside of Tampa, and uh, NXT is Jacksonville. in Jacksonville. So, not necessarily close, but they are both in Florida right now, and obviously um, you have Dean Ambrose and Renee Young, which would be a couple. Oh, it's John Moxley. John okay. Moxley, sorry, and Renee Young, and then you have, um, I forget who, uh, what's the one guy, Ty Dillinger, he's, uh, what's his name over there? Uh. Sean Spears. Sean Spears and I believe Billy Kay. Yes. Um, and then you have Cedric Alexander and Big Swall. Big Swall, yeah. Uh, so there's a few couples where you have kind of the overlap there, and then those are people and you that you got Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy are actually an obvious when they live in the same property. They are both on the Hardy compound. Mm-hmm. So, um. Working yeah, that's that's companies. a very obvious one. So yeah, pretty much everyone came back positive with it, and it was a matter of man, if they would have been doing this testing, you you said you heard Vince McMahon even was positive with it and recovered, or was that just kind of rumors? I think it's more rumors. I okay. don't want to directly report on it, but they're saying that the reason why they're doing the COVID testing is because Vince got it, because Vince didn't believe it existed. See, I you keep on hearing this whole thing where and I want to be clear like I I don't really come down on either side of this because I agree with a lot of points that both sides are making on Mm -hmm. it like I I literally couldn't be more in the middle on this whole thing right and um so I I don't want like anyone to think like oh he's taking the liberal side or he's the conservative side of it like I think I think there's valid points made by each side but Mm -hmm. that's why you need a leader who can be in the middle and understand points on both sides anywho I guess I... I don't even know what side he's on. I don't even know what he is. Who? Trump. I don't know what he is. I don't know what yeah, political I, party he's really a part of. I, I don't either. I, I guess I, I don't understand the the conspiracy that's out there where they say it's not real. Uh, it's clearly he's real. Def- he's definitely not a conservative. It's Yeah, well, he's definitely not. But um, do you, what do you think of the people who say it's not real? Who um, think this is all part of like an agenda? Do you think there's any merit to people who say that? Do you think there's a reason to feel that way? I don't know if it's necessarily that they deny that the the virus doesn't exist, but maybe they feel that it's um that they're use like say the left, that's what they like to say. The left is using it to maybe remove Trump from office. Mhm. So I could see some merit behind it because of the case studies being higher and So I was actually having this, and not re- and re- and the information you got from the CDC, the left is not reporting that. Part. So, I was actually having this discussion with someone the other day, and uh, 
there's an interesting point that Trump keeps on making, but he's making it so poorly, people mm-hmm. hate him for it. Yeah. And it's the point that, well, if we do more testing, there's going to be more cases. If we didn't do as much testing, there wouldn't be as many cases. Okay, so that is what he keeps on saying, and I'm actually going to come down on the side. He's 100% right. He's 100% right. What he's saying is undeniably true, but he's wording it poorly. Mm-hmm. The point he's trying to make is that this country does a lot more testing than the rest of the countries in the world who are re- reporting lower rates, right? So if you have a country that, like New Zealand, for instance, just said they are 100% coronavirus-free. There's, there's, no, there's no more. They've eradicated the disease. It doesn't exist, right? It's not possible. Someone there has it, right? But because of that, they are no longer testing. So it's always going to be zero, right? Because there's no tests. There could be 3,000 people with it right now, and they're going to say zero because there's no testing. Where we've ramped up testing to the point we're trying to catch as many people through screening as humanly possible because we're doing more testing than anyone else in the world at this point, so we're going to be catching the majority of the cases, thusly the number is going to be a lot higher, right? So if you're doing a lot of tests, you're going to discover a lot. If you're doing no tests, you're going to discover nothing. That's the point he's trying to make when he says it. He's not saying that the cases do or don't exist. The reported cases due to testing are going to be a lot higher in this country. So the point he's trying to make is uh, most countries probably have the same issues we have. We're just testing more. Correct. That is exactly the point he's trying to make, but he keeps on saying it in the worst fashion that makes him sound so dumb. If you have... It's like, well, yeah, he's pretty... Yeah. But it's kind of like if you have one windmill in a field, every country has wind, but if Canada has one windmill in a field and right over the border we have 3,000 windmills in the field. It's the same wind, but we're going to be producing a lot more power. Yeah. Right? That's that's kind of the same. That would be an analogy that would work for it because that's essentially what's happening and that's the point he's trying to make when he says that. So that's one of those things where, like, I disagree with a lot of stuff from that side, but I agree with what he's saying there. We look really bad right now this because political, of that. This political cast has been brought to you yeah, by right? Toon World. So... <laughs> I, so Vince saying that it doesn't exist, I, 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 or he thinking it doesn't exist, I don't know if that's true, because I think I Trump think, even acknowledges it, it exists, and, you know, Vince McMahon is a very big, you know, Trump supporter, obviously, his wife is part of, or was part of Trump's administration for the Small Business uh, Administration, or whatever, she was running that, and they donate a lot, and there's pictures with them and everything together, Vince has so had a great a relationship with W, or Trump has a had a couple, great relationship. There's been a couple reports, they said that Kevin Owens, uh, didn't his, uh, his wife's mom die from it uh yeah there was a it was either his mother-in-law or his wife's grandma or something along those lines i think it was his wife's mom died of it yeah and he said that he wasn't going he was electing not to work there until they started testing for it and he's like one of the big proponents on why they're testing now which is respectable i can respect that and um i guess there was another thing Shayna baszler did the same thing where she wasn't gonna that's why she was off tv for so long and the reason why she and and they had when she did eventually come back they were going to they kept her off tv for so many weeks and the reason that was was because uh wwe felt that Shayna baszler wasn't a big enough star to make the decision on not to work hadn't they originally had in a press release that any they were offering any superstar the choice. Yeah, but they're also telling them that if they test positive, they're not allowed to tell anybody. Hmm. They're doing the same thing. 
Interesting. Because Renee Young, Renee Young found out from going to a testing. Um, a lot of that's what's been going on, and I guess uh, a lot of them have been. Ke- uh, there was the one that Kayla Braxton is that her name? The backstage. Yeah. Yes. She, I guess, she said she's having it for the second time now. Oh wow! But um, there's been other reports. I guess uh, what they were talking about. I forget what show it was. I think it was. I think it might have been even Matt Morgan said it. That the the people that claim they having it a second time, they never. And there's a very rare possibility if you do get it that your antibodies will not build a defense for it originally. So therefore, you can get it again. Gotcha. But, but it's very rare to get it twice. It it's only because of uh, something that never was produced. So it's like you never actually got over it. Right, because you don't have anything in your bloodstream to fight it off the second time, like you said. Yep. So, a lot of interesting things with that. So, obviously, with, like, everything with COVID and everything, WWE released a fuck ton of wrestlers. Some made sense. Some obviously didn't. You had the ones like Rusev, where you kind of were left scratching your head. He's got it now, too. He's got COVID. Oh. Damn, that sucks. He just, he just announced it today. Oh. Interesting. Or t- yesterday. Um... Some of them, you you know, you kind of saw coming, like, you know, you had Primo and Epico. Well, obviously, you know, and a few Aiden English, you know, I think they had him announcing, but there were a few in there. But anyway, so the uh, non-compete clause is up. Most of them are supposed to be appearing in TNA. So that's what that's what they say. It sounds like uh, Gallows and Anderson are pretty much guaranteed for TNA at this point. So uh, the people who were released where their non-compete clause is up. Um, and it sounds like it is July 15th. So that would be right now. They're up would be Aiden English, Kurt Hawkins, EC3, Epico, Eric Young, which they, they really wasted him. Yeah. Eric Rowan, Heath Slater, Carl Anderson, Kurt Angle, Leo Rush, um, Luke Gallows. Maria Canellis, Mike Canellis, No Way Jose, Primo, Rusev, Sarah Logan, who's pregnant right now, and Zack Ryder. So, they're all up. I'm sure Zack Ryder will probably show up in AEW. Um, you think so? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's just a rib why Cody Rhodes says he won't work there. I think it's just a joke. Well, he even he even said that, yeah, that he wasn't serious about that whole thing. Um, Eric Rowan. You think they bring him into the Dark Order? That would be good. It could be a good way to get Harper out of it too, and oh, sorry, Brody Lee. It'd be a good way to get him out of it if you think about it. He comes into the Dark Order and kind of takes over and becomes the new leader. And then Brody Lee just kind of moves on and does be his... Because I don't think it's really working. Dark Order. Ever since Well, the, the beginning was good. Yeah. The beginning when but they were the letting him do the everything vignettes. Is always good. Well, yeah, it's I just, agree. But it's if the they would have... sustainability. I just... Well, I, I think there was sustainability there. They just didn't tap into it. And it's especially hard with... Well, the, they put him against Moxley right well, away. They okay, so I, I don't even really want to say this, but... The problem is they only have two hours of content a week, and they're actually starting to grow a roster to the point where they probably could have two shows. 
I don't think they should run one three-hour show like Raw does. I, I think that would be a huge mistake. But I think they could warrant having two shows, maybe one two-hour, one one-hour. And I know they have AEW Dark. I think instead of calling it that, they should make that into a full-fledged show. Because you could run some of these B storylines that aren't getting the attention every week that people have the, that are kind of forgetting about, and you could run that in dark then and kind of play through that way. You know what you could do, which totally worked in the Attitude Era, and it would work today, is if you have a big roster like that, you have to start making clicks. Well, and that's what they're doing and so then to you an would extent. Have, then you would have less stories, but everyone's involved within the same story. Yes, but I think they need they need a burner show. They, sure, they, but, they have to have a burner show uh, at this point. I think it dilutes it. I, think I, I, I it, don't know. See, Attitude Era didn't have a, that Because you have someone show. like Sean Spears who's amazing, but what is he doing right now? And he actually has... put in a click. So he gets on and, TV. And you have him with... Uh, I can't remember the, the manager he's with, but um, he has some name recognition. Uh, he was the one that was in the uh, Four Horsemen. Uh, Tully Blanchard. I don't even know what that is. Oh, well, old wrestler. Isn't that, um, is that, okay, fine. But yeah, you have him with him right now. I mean, you have uh, Lance Archer. They kind of burned him out, forgot about him. Uh, you have Kenny Omega, who's been floating around doing next to nothing. He's a tag champion, which ever since him and, uh, what's his face? Uh, Adam Page have had those championships. So, those have been like, worthless. Like I said, you have if you so have, much going on where yeah, you because have every everybody is not doing anything because they're they have nothing for them to do. If you well, I contradicted the well, sentence, no, but it's, like, it's redundant. It's, but yeah, it's a redundant sentence. But I mean, that's what it is. Like you have two hours, you have a two-hour block to fill. Why did Raw seem so awesome back in the late nineties? Because you always wanted more. You wanted more. Correct. And you want and you had, you had such a deep roster. You but had, you were able to continue that going into SmackDown. Is my point, I guess. But SmackDown was always like, if you look back at it, SmackDown never really developed real stories until the brand extension. It's fine having a B show, though. I guess is my. I don't think they're big enough for a B show. Oh, I, I think it would help them immensely. I don't think so. I don't you put think... that. You put this fucker on. There's Saturdays. Not even, there's not even a million people watching right now. You you put it on. Well, obviously not with COVID and everything, but, but there like, wasn't going originally. They the ratings haven't. Oh, they were they were teetering right around nine hundred thousand though. They yeah, were they were mean, close, like, they're, but they're not like. They're, no, they're not super huge right now. They're but, not as big as what TNA even was. But you put on a. I'd say if you ran something like ECW used to do, like midnight on a Saturday or something like that. But and ECW you burn some was of these, significantly bigger. You burn some of these storylines. Eh, Ratings-wise, they didn't do much more. Well, they did pretty well. I'm talking about like ECW before WWE bought them. Yeah. They weren't doing ratings. They were in syndication. They weren't doing very well. Not they weren't they weren't doing AEW numbers. Okay. That they weren't doing too hot. They did pay-per-view. They did good, decent pay-per-view buys. That was pretty much what their bread and butter was, though. Because they didn't have syndication even in every market in the country. Right. So they were they were kind of hit and miss, and then they were in a horrible time spot. They were pretty much midnight everywhere. So I think, I'm not sure if they were on Sinclair stations back then or what their package was, but they were in like 20 markets, 30 markets, and then they were on like midnight everywhere they were. 
because of how like edgy their stuff was and everything. I think, so I my think my thing is I don't think AEW's been around long enough to be putting on a second show. Because I... what are you gonna put it on? TNT. Yeah, you would put TNT in a time slot that's not being used uh, at all. It would cost them no more to produce. I feel like what it's going to end up doing is it's just going to be more. It's just going to be AW Dark, which is random matches. They don't. They barely don't. They don't even know how to write the show they're doing right now. Because they're trying to juggle too many people. They're trying to juggle. I don't think it's. I think honestly, I think it's because you don't have somebody that is. You don't have a designated writer for the show. They don't even have writers. I think they are wrestlers run the show, and that's why it sucks. I think they're juggling too many storylines, and that would tie into your point that there's no coordination, but it also ties back into they're juggling too many storylines, and they're not giving them the none of each storyline the light of none day. None of it makes sense. If you look at it, you have um, the Revival, and that's what I'm going to call them, the Revolt mm-hmm. or whatever they're called, FTR. They're teaming with the Young Bucks. When because they they're, trying just, to, they're trying to build a story there. Yeah, but the story doesn't make any sense because they're... They just were on Jim Cornette's podcast. I know it was work, but they're on their podcast, like, pretty much saying they don't like the Young Bucks and they're going to beat the Young Bucks and they're trying to promote their match. But then they're working together. Like they should just went. They should just did that right well, away. But they're, they're, or they should have kept them completely. But away they're from they're each trying other. to. They're trying the whole keep your enemies. Cl- uh, stupid. Your, it's a stupid storyline. Your friends close. Your enemies closer. Yeah, storyline is the whole thing they're but going into. But buying it, so just get just do it. Right. Right. They're, they're Don't going, WWE that shit. They're trying Be to go. They're that. trying to go for the old school slow burn on that one that's that's pretty much where they're headed with it so that's what their but idea is it but it doesn't work because i guess i'm i'm more concerned I'm, I'm more concerned with like the fact that you have someone like lance archer who is a monster you have him teamed with jake snake roberts who is awesome on the mic you put him into a mid-card feud with cody who i question i i mean i'm not the biggest cody fan but i don't know if i'd be using him in the mid-card like he's, he's being used he's not in the mid-card the TNT champion. That's the mid-card title. That's their secondary belt. But th- that's not the way it's being promoted. They're doing it like the John Cena Open Invitational right now. Yeah. It's kind of their gimmick with that one. So you throw him sort of... That one main evented that show, but you're putting him into essentially a mid-card and then you've thrown him deep into the mid-card now with no story with a manager who can is badass. I, I don't understand the idea of what they're doing with Lance Archer. They keep on their biggest flaw is their their whole flavor of the month flaw. We don't know what you can you can just see it. We don't know what we're gonna do for the next championship match. Who are we putting Moxley up against next? Uh, who's available? Who can we sign? Uh, got it. And they pull someone in. That person gets defeated. They throw them to the mid card with no story. They pluck someone else out. Throw them out there. Okay, what are we gonna do with them? Look at what they've done. They did it with Lance Archer. I don't think that was like. I their... don't think making another show is going to make that better. I think it's just gonna be more of the same. I think. I think they need to focus on making the best show they possibly can now, making you wanting more, and that's when you get your second show. That's why SmackDown existed. That's when SmackDown was brought in because Raw, their roster was getting so big, and Raw was such a good show at the time that it warranted a second show. I remember when they debuted SmackDown and I was so excited that I was getting another show that wasn't Sunday Night Heat that I always forgot about. Yeah. I I think uh, I don't know. 
I, I feel like I feel like there would be a need. I don't know if there's a need, but I think no, I think I it would think work so. in their benefit. I don't think so. Because you could give people that aren't getting the light of day the light of day. You have you a get... guy named the chairman, sure. Sean Spears. I'm going to keep on harping on him because that's someone who they hyped initially in the beginning and put him into a feud with Cody right away. And what did it... Where is he? What is he doing? He's he's a gimmick. He's they MJF's have to gimmick. Get, they have to get the people that are on top now over first. Before we start putting other... getting Because other, nobody's over on the show. Jericho to an extent because of his name... But, like, Jericho probably should have still been champion. Yes. They should have never absolutely. gave that belt to Moxley, who's literally there once a month. I think you could have gotten Brody Lee over. You know what Moxley reminds me of as a champion? When they put that NXT title on Finn Balor. Yes. I felt like it killed the title. Because he was, like, never there. So, Moxley is useful, but he should always be chasing the championship. He shouldn't be the champion. He could be champion, but he shouldn't be a champion very long. And I don't think it was the time to put the belt on him. I think... I think Jericho probably... Moxley, also with his name recognition, he should have been used to get a lot of these people. Not necessarily over, but he should have been giving them the rub to like get them like where he should have been. They need to focus on longer-term feuds. Yeah. They're burning everything off immediately. They're burning it off, burning it off, burning it off, and it goes There's nowhere. There's no... AW has no focus. There's they have no idea what they're doing two three weeks from now. They have nothing planned out. So they're like you said. They're they'll bring in a guy. They'll have him feud with the champion, and then they don't know what to do with them. So like, what's Gordy Lee doing right now? He's recruiting Colt Cabana. That's what he's doing. After just having a world title. Right. Match. He's recruiting Colt Cabana. Why? He's like acting as Colt Cabana's like. He's going to go for the tag titles now? Like, what, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, you had MJF beat Cody Rhodes. What's MJF doing? How come the guy that MJF beat wins the TNT title and MJF wasn't even in the tournament? See, and I'll actually point to the, everything they're doing with MJF, uh, Warlow, and Jurassic Express as one of their few storylines that have been a long-term storyline that is working. Now, how they're treating MJF makes absolutely no sense, How where he's kind of floating around, but the story itself, to me, is actually working because you have like you know a, you have be, this you know rivalry actually do? working out. Is they should actually... Uh, MJF, because he's such a great talker and people kind of believe him and he believes his own bullshit, that uh, Luchasaurus should be... Luchasaurus should actually jump ship to MJF's side. I agree with you 100%. Because I think it would it would make things interesting. And you could either A, he replaces Warlow, or he's with Warlow. I say you have him... You ha- you are... It goes back to your theory. You have them form a faction. Yes. And then you always have... You have these people, two monster people heels. People always hated factions. Vince McMahon hates factions. But it's like... When wrestling was at its peak, was Degeneration X, a Nation of Domination, the Corporation, the everybody, every major wrestler that you can think of that came from that generation was in some type of clique. Exactly, all of them. Name one famous name one famous wrestler besides Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's like the exception to that rule. Not all um, of the them. Alliance. 
That was. I'm kidding. That doesn't count. Um, but he was already established before that, though. I guess. Ministry of Darkness. You could rate that with Luchasaurus and Warlow so many ways. I wouldn't have them take only no. every once in a while, but then you have MJF, who everyone always wants to see the person go after, and then you save that for like your bigger shows or whatever. But you have Luchasaurus and Warlow always going back and forth to be MJF's favorite, and then you probably kick one of the two. You probably kick Warlow out because he has some traction on his own. And then because it's AEW, you put him in a main event feud, and then he loses, and then you put him back in the mid card, and you never think about him again. Because he's the only credible threat for like two weeks. He sits with Sean Spears and gambles in the audience. <laughs> like <laughs> that's how you write it. <laughs> that's what they have. they've already did that. Yeah, but I mean, I like... know it makes no sense. It, it makes absolutely no sense. Like I, they they have so many opportunities right now, and I I think if they... like you said tonight they threw we didn't watch AW but we read it, and they they did an ending with uh, Taz throwing in the towel. Yes, because that's the AEW thing. That is how they're going to do non finishes. It's not even... It, that's a finish. I call it a non-finish because they're trying to... It, yes, it, okay. Technically, yes, it's a finish. But it's written... That is written like a WWE non-finish. Simply because they want to have the heel save face or the loser save face by them not having lost on their own will. They could have... They could I would have, rather it be a count-out. Because mm-hmm. then it could have warned... Yeah, but then match. it's a straight non-finish. That's fine. Yeah. I'd rather it be that. Yeah. That's why they're not doing it that way. Because they're they're not WWE. They're better than them. They're better than that, so they'll just keep on throwing the fucking towel in every single week. And Tony Khan's a mark for his own business. Yep. He, like, responds to fans on Twitter. Yes. Can you imagine Vince McMahon doing that? No. Vince has got to think that... Well, you know, with Tony Khan, he he doesn't only do it for the... W, or he doesn't only do it for the wrestling side of things. You know he does it for the football side of things, too. Did you see that whole thing where uh, one of his players was trying to... There was some kind of contract negotiation thing going on where the player insisted he wanted to be traded. So the player kept on going like going personally at Tony Khan. So Tony Khan responded over Twitter, Yeah, your value is sure going up now, blah, blah, blah. And like they were going back and forth on Twitter. Him and one of his players were going back and forth on Twitter. Well, his dad on the team. No, but he's in charge of operations. Is he? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know if I didn't think he had it. I didn't know if he had anything to do with it. Yep. Yep, he's in charge of the operations of the team. Hmm. So he, him, and one of the players were going back and forth on Twitter, and I'm like sitting there watching, it like, holy shit! <laughs> like, it was trending on Twitter that day that like him and a football player were going back and forth, and it made it on like ESPN and everything. And but yeah, he's very, uh, very vocal, very, very vocal. Yeah, I think the last big thing that came up, he responded to a fan that uh, said something along the line, something about him failing in ratings, or it must be easy with dad's money and all this stuff like that, and then he just like went into that whole thing about how it's actually a success and blah, 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 blah. So, it's kind of petty. He shouldn't be responding. He shouldn't. He, he should be above that. He doesn't need to look for other people's um, validation. Right. It doesn't matter. He's doing what he's doing, and none of them are doing what he's doing. What fucking difference does it make? Mm-hmm. What validation does he need? He's running the fucking company. Shout mm-hmm. out. 
But mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, why, why, what are you looking for? You want this person to love you? Like, I think it says a lot about him as a person. Then. Yeah, yeah he's, it seems like he's pretty insecure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they, for AW to get better or to be a prison, to me, I don't, I can't even suggest the show to a casual fan because I don't even know what the hell I'm watching half the time. At first I would have. Yeah, well, when, when Jericho was champion right before the whole COVID thing and like it was trending the right way, the MJF and Cody Rhodes feud was probably the best feud they've had in the company and it's done. I don't even, it, and it was kind of a non-finish. Like it was a kind of a cheap way finish. Yes. Yep. I'm surprised they didn't do a second match. I mean, it had a big feel about it, and they were doing it. It was progressing the right way. Right. They were they were doing it very formulaic, like it was the way it should be done. But yeah, like you said, they they fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Bad. And they're gonna screw up the FTR. Mm-hmm. Because FTR should have came in and probably went right after Omega and Paige. Because why are they there? Why would you even show up there? You're the reason you left WWE is because you were being misused. Like that's the story. So you come into AEW so you can do an eight man tag with the Young Bucks and face Eight Ball and Skull and uh, <laughs> um, I, I, that's Butcher and Blade. <laughs> whatever Eight Ball and Skull and what was the other tag team? Oh, uh, Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers. Who are legit? They are. They are good. I would have been fine if FTR just faced off against the Lucha Bros first. They're they're solid. Yeah. One of the only few Luchador teams I like. That's how you book Luchadors. Or how you have them yes. work. WWE could learn something there. Like, they're serious. They're credible. They're the bad guys. Like yeah. they're they're good. They're good. And they'd be merch, like, just fucking juggernauts if they were in WWE. If they booked them the way AEW books them, they'd be, like, high on their fucking merch listings. So, let's uh, let's change gears a little bit and talk about Sammy Guevara. Yeah. And his uh, reach, recent suspension from AEW. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like to talk uh, touch on this is because um, the person who exposed him has not gotten any uh, press on it at all, when you think about it. None of the other sites are even really yeah. even acknowledging this thing exists. But I will, because um, just, beca- just because people don't like them doesn't mean necessarily that... It was Kevin Scampoli of the whole effing show. Mm-hmm. Who's a troll? He is a troll. Yeah. And that's why no one's uh, feeding into it, because everyone knows what his reputation is. So it's not worth it to feed into it. Because this is what he feeds off of. So considering this is exactly what he's going for, everyone's refusing to feed his ego. They're not giving him the validation. Because by mentioning him, you'd be validating him. Oh, I still I still think his show's funny. Yeah. But he he's kind of a despicable person. Yeah. So, I mean, and like you're even acknowledging it, and that's what's happening there. So he's not getting any he's not getting any recognition because recognition equals validation, and no one's willing to validate that guy. So just to troll him like he trolls everyone else, no one's mentioning his show. 
So it's like it didn't happen. Oh, it happened. It just Kevin Scampoli had nothing to do with it, which is the funniest part. He had everything to do about yeah, it. Yeah, he had everything to do with it. But he didn't have anything to do with it because he's being trolled now. And it's driving him crazy. Sammy Guevara used to always um, type into the show all the time and text on the show and all that kind of stuff. And then Scampoli finally brought him on because he was begging to come on his show. And he uh, and that's when the comments were made. That was the first time he was ever on that show. That sucks. Yeah. So, I don't know how I feel about Sammy Guevara being suspended for it. Shouldn't be. I think he should have been fined. I don't even think he should be fined. I, they had to do something. The company had to do something. It's the optics of it. They had to. They had to respond with it somehow. They they had to do something. I think what was cool about the whole thing was him and Sasha Banks were talking about it on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I thought Sasha Banks's response was done well. I think Sammy's apology video was sincere. Yeah. Um. I think his explanation for everything. Uh, I mean, obviously he can't explain away his comments, but I think that was sincere. Do you know what Disco's opinion of it was? Uh, Disco, you said he said he, Sammy should sue the that shit was, out of them. That was after the suspension, but like of the comments themselves. What? He said that's locker room talk. Yes. And uh, shouldn't be necessarily held to the same standards because he's just talking with a group of guys. I don't agree with that because so he did it on a public show. That that would be my argument to it too. He he did that out in the open. He yes. did that. It, it it wasn't a locker room. It wasn't just with a few guys. It was two of it was two a, a couple guys, but you you're doing it in you you could do it on stage. You know, it'd be like performing on stage with a couple guys, well, but there's an audience and I, I don't know. I don't. I, I think there should have been a fine. There should have been maybe like, okay, we're going to suspend you for a week on this, no pay or whatever. Or we want you to, we want you to make a series of videos on, you know, something. They could have done anything. I think. I think suspending. And then him. Disco says they should. He should sue them because. Oh, he said that Jericho should be telling him to lawyer up and smarten him up that way because. That he shouldn't be held accountable for a comments he made bef- when he wasn't with the company, and that's on the company for not researching him before they hired him. But the response to that would be the company wouldn't take any action that could get them into legal jeopardy. So all of these, honestly, with any modern contract, be it an enter- in entertainment at all, sports, entertainment, or anything, be it a, but a this football wasn't, player, this wasn't a private conversation. That was uh, recorded by somebody, right, like right. two guys sitting in a basement. This was uh, on a public show that that's been up the whole time that anybody could have found it. Okay, but I guess in in the way contracts are written, a lot of times with with be it a a, a movie star, a baseball player, whatever, they have the morality clauses in there, where if something comes to light that is detrimental to the company that you did you could be held accountable for it yet and i would assume especially with the Khan family's dealings in sports and entertainment that the company had all these performers sign contracts that had probably pretty wide-ranging morality clauses in it that would allow them to do something like that the same with guevara if you're a baseball player and that happens 
uh, look at um, Hater from the Brewers. His his were what two twenty twelve, well before he was in. He was a, he was a kid yet. He didn't he didn't get suspended. But they they made him go into uh, which is fine sensitivity stuff and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but he didn't actually. I don't even think he got fined. No, he didn't get fined yeah, or suspended. That's but the, that's the but difference. but they are able to leverage morality clauses in that stuff. So I'm sure the Brewers had something. All all modern sports teams have that now. It's just a matter of what the players' unions, if there's a union, allows you to put into the contract. And it also would be a matter of, well, wrestlers have no unions, so it's probably pretty wide-ranging what was in their contract for the morality clause in there. Obviously, so, their morality clause let them do that. So they, he was able to suspend them. I think I have the clip here of his... Uh, let's see if this is the right one. Uh, next one is from yeah. uh, another Sammy Guevara here. Jackie Jones... Sammy Guevara versus AEW. First of all, I think I speak for every listener when I say that last week's debate on the speaking out stuff was just five-star brilliant. Also, whoever picked Tennessee Whiskey as a song pick, oh. you, officially, you officially get the Jackie Jones thumbs up of the week. That's great. You want to do that? Forget that, that. I mean, uh, well, he's putting it over. No, he's putting it over. Well, I'm sorry. But he's put himself over. You want you me to Jackie? You, you, you officially get the Jackie oh, right. Yeah, not the thumbs up. He's a, a Jackie, Jackie Jones thumbs up. Come on, guys. He's on the same level. What makes it even worse, due to the sewer-dwelling marks, yes, I mean people like me, that we have these days, they will never let this pass by. Look at Enzo. The guy was proven 100% innocent, yet he still got tarnished with the pervert brush due to the marks addiction arrest. Basically, is AEW ruined Sammy Guevara's career? P.S. Disco, I listened to both of your interviews with Hugie. Do you generally not like the guy? I'm not saying there should be a disco hugey spin-off show. I apologize. But you just seem to have... Which has ways you deal with players over there, like, you know, stuff from English soccer. But he's the boss of this group, and there's no union to deal with. He can literally punish the wrestlers any way he wants to, including finding a guy without pay for something he did when he wasn't even working for the company. If you had a union, there's no way that would happen to an employee where you would get a financial penalty... For something you did that you, when you were not even with the company, that's ridiculous, you know. So, so it's like, um, I, yeah, I think I think Sammy should stand up for himself, but I, but I know he's a kid. I know he doesn't want to ruffle feathers. I know, but but like, bro, he should stand, he should have stood up for himself in this, you know. I don't think it's ruined his career, but um, but uh, yeah, has he been but, on TV yet? No. Well, he's suspended. Yeah, his career has not been ruined. But it's not gotten any better the next the, the past two weeks, you know. Because he's suspended. But here's the thing. Yeah. Um, um, oh, here's a problem, bro. When you're trying to be progressive and you're trying to market that crowd, the SJW crowd, you know for a fact that if you didn't do anything about the Sammy Guevara thing, they were going to eat you up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I just I would just would you to... agree with that or disagree with that? Agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. What I want yeah. to do, though, is I want to read you guys the two statements that AEW made, right? So for Sammy Guevara, who they suspended for making a joke on a podcast four years prior, a, a tasteless show. joke. It says, right. AEW insists on doing our part to create a world of understanding and respect for humankind. We therefore strongly condemn the extremely offensive and hurtful words of Sammy Guevara. As such, effective immediately, Sammy is suspended without pay until further notice. Sammy has agreed to undergo extensive sensitivity training. And upon completion, his future status within the company will be reevaluated. 
During a suspension, his salary will be donated to the Women's Center of Jacksonville. For Okay, now Jimmy Havoc was suspended for being accused of rape. Can I just say something real quick? If I had, if I could produce a segment and I, and they had Jimmy and they had Sammy Guevara going to sensitivity classes, I would have him walk into a class and the teachers were Cornette and New Jack. Nothing. <laughs> so, so Jimmy, how great would that be? Glad. Cornette and New Jack. Go ahead. So, uh, Jimmy Havoc got suspended for an, for an actual allegation of sexual assault. An AEW statement after that was, we wish Jimmy Havoc all the best as he receives treatment and counseling in an effort to overcome the mental health and substance abuse challenges in his life. We are aware of the various reports related to Jimmy. We are evaluating his status with our company. We'll address it when he has su- successfully completed his rehabilitation. Why do, why do I have a feeling that one day I'm going to have to put that up on Twitter about you? Nothing? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... um. It's it's certainly possible. No, but to me, in. those statements are t- the the biggest thing that stands out that I mentioned before is they specifically say in Sammy's we're we're donating his money to the women's shelter or whatever. But Jimmy Havoc, who's been accused of of sexual assault, they don't say, hey, we're going to donate his salary to to drug addiction or whatever. Like, is Jimmy going to get paid for a real allegation and Sammy's not getting paid for a joke? That to me doesn't make any sense, right? <sighs> uh. Like I said, I think they went overboard with this, you know. And uh, how old is Sammy now? Like twenty four or something like that. He's really young. Yeah, he's young. <laughs> Sammy he cracks me up. He's twenty six. So he said that when he was twenty two. Come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sensitivity yeah. training. Yeah. And like I told you last week, it's getting worse. <laughs> now that was exactly the right clip, but it was an interesting clip. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the entire situation with that. I think it was an overreaction by so. AEW, but AEW had to react, and that's how they chose to react. And if it was within their rights to do so, you know, he chose to work for that company. I think even Ryback says the way you should be like. Uh, it was on this last last show that he was told by someone or something like that, like the way how really successful businesses go, you. And value is you in value your employees first, uh, sh- shareholders and customers, or as customers and shareholders, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe with the Sammy Guevara thing, the suspended without further with the suspension, eh, he should still get paid um, because he's under a contract. But the sensitivity training is fine, and I, he would have went along with it anyways. Yeah. Because he doesn't want his name to be tarnished like Correct. that. Correct. Yep. They could have. Uh, they should have given him that option, or he should have been suspended, but he should still get paid. I guess is what Disco is saying, and as Disco says, like, if there was a union, this they wouldn't be able to get away with that. Depends what they put in the contract. So. Maybe, maybe not. It depends what's in his in his contract. If there was a morality clause in there that allows it, that's why. Okay. I mean, I it. There has to be. I mean, do you think the contracts with the Khan family are just? They're gonna allow anything. They're gonna allow you to get away with whatever. They're gonna allow. Any, they're gonna. They're always going to protect themselves in those contracts they're going to protect themselves protect the company then the rest of everything comes into play 
so again it, it all boils down to they were I able guess, to get a contract I guess with like me that. is I can understand if he actually was being accused of raping someone or raped someone but he in the end of the day he did say a joke yeah. And um, yeah, it was in poor taste, and it's not a funny joke. Well, I don't know. It depends on the situation, but like, is it really like? I guess maybe I'm not like very soft when it comes to stuff like that. I think it's a joke, and that's the way it should be treated. You either think it's funny or you don't. Well, I think. I think everyone's oversensitivity to jokes as a whole. That's a whole, a whole another thing. show, yeah. That's a whole other thing. What would George Carlin do in today's world right now? Kill everyone. What side do you think he'd be on? Um, I think he'd be because on the side he, of people need to take jokes. Right, but I'm saying, like, uh, in his... Uh, in his day when he was a comedian, it's really funny because if you think about it, and I was having this conversation with my friend Marcus the other day, the the left used to be the controversial side, the side that would make the inappropriate jokes, the unpolitically correct side as far as like all the jokes, and the right was always like, no, 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 no. Yeah. religion, God, you know, that, that was the stereotype. Something happened where it switched, almost completely switched, hasn't it? Yeah. Now all the offensive people, the, Are the offensive joke, they're all the, the all Well, it's interesting now. because, I, you know what, I don't even know if that's the case. I think what it was was we've, as a society, as a country, we've had such a hard shift to the left out of nowhere. Where the le- Well, I shouldn't say it's been a hard shift to the left. There's been a shift to the left, but the left has went further left, which in turn, the old left is now kind of center center right. And I don't even know what conservatives are right now. Right. I, I think they, they just poofed and disappeared. I don't even think they exist anymore. I had that conversation with my so mom. So I think, I think where we're at right now is the old left. A perfect example of this. A perfect example of this is if you take... It's even kind of funny. You can take Obama's uh, 2008 like comments from that time period, like his first term in office and you can literally compare them almost word for word policy to policy to not only to, exactly to trump and modern conservative right-wing talking points and he's in line with them an even better thing you can take clinton who was a democrat in 92 you're talking uh yep first term clinton you can take him and you can take his comments and he is further to the right than any right-wing politician right now because weren't democrats like always for the immigration and protecting the borders like wasn't that a democratic thing originally yeah yeah yep because it was to protect because when labor unions were bigger the threat to the labor unions was cheap labor entering the market so considering labor unions were the biggest part of like the whole were were like a big part of like the democratic platform you couldn't have all this cheap labor entering the market because then you would erode your union base. So you right. couldn't have everyone coming in from Mexico and everywhere else under the sun. Like, you had to keep your union intact. So that was that was a democratic platform for mm-hmm. the longest time. And then unions have kind of lost traction as these huge companies have filed bankruptcy, like the auto workers unions and all that stuff. And when they restructure, the unions are 
unfortunately or fortunately not intact. So Democrats uh, used to be so, um, it was always so, not necessarily right, but you could see it from their side of the, their point of view. Yes. And it was hard to kind of like say that they were wrong. They just had a different opinion. Yes. And the right was always looked at as, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird because the, the right was always, I don't think their moralities have completely changed. I think there's just a, it's slightly different. I think that the, I think the true, like conservatives are supposed to be small government, um, less, pretty much less government control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually let the, the free markets decide. No let government the, intervention. Let, right. Yeah. Let the markets. They're usually gun owners or self responsibility. Self responsibility. Yeah. Uh, self accountability. And uh, the Democrats were not the opposite, but more to the point where they wanted more government intervention because they wanted the government to more mm-hmm. uh, be responsible for people. And that's not necessarily wrong. It's just. Yeah, um, you have to have something in between that can kind of go both. With the that... sad thing that we're at is the fact that you could have um, an election like George Bush won versus Bill Clinton, and yeah, Bill Clinton was kind of a creep ball in ways and stuff like that. But honestly, either way it went, you could look at both of the guys and be like, you know what, I'm comfortable either way. Who mm-hmm. wins on this one? And if you vote for one over the other, that doesn't make you stupid and it doesn't make you evil. It just means you were more in line with the way they felt about things than right. the other guy. Now you have a choice where if you vote for Biden, well, maybe you're, oh, you're just stupid. How could you even vote for him? Blah, blah, blah. Or if you vote for Trump, you're either stupid or evil. And it's kind of like... Or racist. Or racist, or you're this or that. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you know what, maybe you just don't like Biden talking about how he wants children touching his legs and you like his economic platform or maybe you don't like trump uh being accused of rape by 900 people and you think biden's just your he reminds you of your favorite uncle you know you know it's it's kind of but the way it's framed is you're either stupid or you're evil and it's kind of like okay well yeah, it's just I feel it's, like... it's kind of like where we've devolved as a country. I feel like there's there's no room for civil discourse anymore. I feel like it's kind of lose lose going yeah. into an election because there's just like I'd even say with Romney or Obama, I was comfortable either way. Yeah. I wish uh, you know I, I in retrospect wish Romney would have won, Me but too. Um, I I would have been comfortable either way because we, we, he would have won a re-election. Yes, easily. Because Landslide. I think. I think my opinion on Romney, and like I said, it's my opinion. Um, I think if he would have somehow won that election, which it was going to be a, a very, it was going to be very hard to do that. It's hard to win against a seating president, just in general. Yeah, last the last Bush. person to do it was uh, Clinton, Clinton. Bush. Yep. And the time before that, you have to go a little further back. You would be looking at uh, Carter losing to Reagan. Right. So and the, then before that, you'd be looking at Ford losing to Carter. Yeah, now now we're talking about like way before our times, but yeah. Yeah, well, you're looking at late seventies. Yeah, into eighties. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't happen. I think it's only happened ten times. Yeah, it happened two times consecutively in the seventies, and then one time in the nineties. Recently, I don't know. Before that, I don't even. I don't know. So in general, like 
Because I... It hasn't happened many times. I think he he needed to get in there and have his plans work and be shown what they... Because I don't think people... I think the, the misfire with him is people just didn't understand what he wanted to do. Because I think that was kind of the first time where you saw, from an election standpoint, from the news cycle... How, like, I know how Trump used to, like, he always said, oh, the media is out to get me, blah, blah, blah. He's right. They always are. <laughs> but, like, you really, I, I've noticed it really with the Romney and Obama election. That's where I noticed it right away. Yeah. Where MSNBC was just, the the weird stories they would run. There used to be this, I forget his name, was it Bill Miller or something like that? Some idiot left-wing dude that they had on that show that was just i don't know they, they used to run stories romney's a racist romney's a homophobe Rom, you know whatever they had to do to kind of get their point across rather than trying to run against him with his merit because if they ran if they ran their records against each other romney should have won because not saying that obama was a terrible president i don't think he was i just think romney would have been better mm-hmm um, you know who would have made an interesting one too from the Democrat side? Hmm. John Kerry. Ugh. He would have been very interesting. <laughs> I'd have to honestly. I have to go back and really look at it. I know at the time I hated him. In '04. Yes. I didn't like him at all. Mm-hmm. But again, I was in high school and I was probably. You know, he'd be running as uh, a far right candidate right now, right? I'm sure of it. Yeah. Okay. I just remember. I mean, he's still the right of Trump. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know what Trump is. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, he's far as the right of Trump. I don't know what he is. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the political spectrum, he's he's like fringe right winger. No, yeah. So is Obama though. Obama could like be the RNC chair. <laughs> yeah. I thought that the thing I felt that was actually really interesting was the way he was going to do health care with Romney. I really like mm-hmm. that. I I like the well, idea. I worked in Massachusetts for him when he was governor. Because yeah. the now, from what I remember, and I could be wrong on it, is it he was gonna make it kind of like all these separate, almost privatized health insurance companies, right? Mm-hmm. And they were all going to you as the consumer would pick which one, which would then lower the cost of it down because they'd be competing for your dollar. Yes, that was the idea behind it, which is. If that's not conservatism, I don't know what is. Like that is like the definition, almost the definition of it. Well, there was some kind of government intervention in it. Like Slightly. that was massive, but because um, he didn't say he was going to completely reform, he didn't say he was going to just uh, abolish Obamacare. He's going to reform it. Mm-hmm. And people kept thinking like, oh, he's going to take away our health care because he hates America. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the way it was spun on him. It's interesting that. Romney is essentially being thrown out of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and he was the Republican candidate for president. Only, only, yeah, yeah. It's weird too because even my, uh, even my mom and my stepdad have completely turned on him too. Huh. And uh, I was even talking to my mom like, "Mom, that was the that was the, who you voted for in the primaries. That was the one that you really really liked." Like, I don't understand. He hasn't changed. Everyone else yeah. has. Mm-hmm. He's been the same. He's exactly the same. But he gave up against Obama. No, he didn't want to run a dirty campaign. He didn't want to run a, well, not dirty, smear campaign. The way it was run against him because he has morality. He's very, uh, 
the guy has literally been in public office his pretty much his whole life when you think about it and he always had the goal of becoming president and i don't think it's to fill any weird hole in him or anything like that i think it's because he legitimately wanted to help here's one for you do you think otherwise if... he would have oh, sorry to finish that point otherwise after he would after he lost the election he would have he would have just been done. Disappeared, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have tried to come back. Do you think if Trump loses this election that the Republicans abandon him? I really hope so. Do you think they just are like, fuck this guy, he just almost ruined the party? But do you think, as a whole, the Republicans ever recover from having Trump? Yes. I don't. I think I don't that... think I don't think they're ever going to be in a position to recover. Ever. I'm sure if, because uh, we've had bad Republican presidents in the past, we've had good ones, we've had bad Democrat presidents, we've had good ones. So, like, yeah, I think... But there has never been one that so drastically changed the course of the party. True. Even going in, I mean, think about this. Going into the election with Trump, you had all of these senators coming out. Where they're like, we can't do this. We can't. We can't. He's horrible. He's a fucking god-awful person. Blah, 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 blah. You have Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, all of these senators coming out like, this will be the destruction of our party and all of this stuff, right? Everyone warning. And then when he became the candidate, they're like, oh, shit. And then everyone just jumped on his coattails right away. Most right? of them did. Not all of them. Not did. all of them. Not all of them. But the vast majority of them jumped on and were like, oh, I guess this guy's awesome. Like Ted Cruz and all those where, yeah, he just kind of called my wife ugly and accused my dad of killing JFK, but I like Trump. So you had him expose all of these people as being like just the most crooked fuckers possible. How long does it take the party to recover from him? Having seen that Trump literally just exposed them all as cowardly fucks. I think that majority of people don't pay attention to that mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think no, it I honestly don't think it matters. I think Romney's coming out high and mighty if he loses. Yeah. Romney's going to come out like, well, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you miss me? <laughs> like, yeah, because, because he's going to be looking good. Yeah. He's going to be looking powerful, too. I think the the conservatives that typically vote, conservatives that did not vote in 2016, myself, and uh, and will probably not vote this year, too. I think if, uh, you know, Romney comes back, say he does run, probably not, he'd probably be too old, but or he endorses somebody, whoever mm-hmm. it is. I feel like that that could save it. To the point now, I I don't I don't consider myself a Republican. I'm a conservative. I mm-hmm. there, there's a difference because Republicans are more of a party. I'm not yep. part of that because they support Trump. I don't. But like, um, I think that if he does come out and say he's going to run again, which I hope he does. I don't think he will, but we'll see. Uh, I think that will save it because you're going to have. The people that were on the fence with Trump originally that voted for him because like, well, it's better than the liberal, they're they're not gonna they're gonna feel good about themselves now when they vote, rather than like, I voted for Trump, but I'm not gonna admit it to anybody because I know it was awful, but it is a Republican and it's better than a Democrat. Because you have Republicans that think like that. 
I think if if the Democrats literally could run anybody, like to me, anybody to a point where I feel would be good, I don't think Biden's one. I don't think Biden. I don't think Bernie was either of them. But anybody, like someone that's likable, I I would at least consider it. I think the party who loses has their uh, entire party split. I think you're going to have a third party. I think no matter what, out of this election, you have a third party. If Trump wins, I think Romney's politically done. I think he loses his re-election in Utah because I think the full power of Trump's administration is going to be behind pumping up some candidate to run against him, and he will lose because they're going to dump a lot of money into that campaign against him. So I think if... Trump wins, Romney's done, because Romney's up in 2022, which will be midway through Trump's uh, pre- second term. So he's, My question is, why would he, why would 2023? he even, But why would he even care about that? It, it, Trump? Why would Trump care? Yeah. Because he's petty as fuck. I know he is, but... Yeah, that's why he would you care. Think, you think he'd go out... Look, look at his intervention in Alabama with Jeff Sessions. Uh, I don't know if you've been following that after, at all. I'm talking about after he say if he does win the re-election. Oh, because he's he's gonna look for revenge. Look look what he just did to Jeff Sessions in Alabama. I don't know if you've been following that no. at all. Okay, so Jeff Sessions was one of the first senators to endorse Trump, uh, before he was even like the secured candidate. He was the only senator at one point to be like, you know what? Uh, people were still in the running against him. It's like, I'm putting money money on Trump. I like this guy. Trump makes him the, uh, what was he, the, um, not secretary, but uh, attorney general. And then all this stuff happens with, like, Russia and all that stuff. Sessions, because he was part of the campaign, recuses himself from the investigation, says, I could be called on as a witness. I can't lead up this investigation. I was part of the campaign. Like, I can't be part of this. Trump slams him and slams him and slams him, calls him worthless, blah, 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 blah. Finally, he fires Sessions. Sessions is like, oh, fuck, I just gave up my seat as a senator. Now I just got fired as attorney general. I could have still been a senator this whole time. What the fuck? So the guy that he gave up the seat, that the person who ended up winning his seat was a Democrat. This guy, Doug Jones. So Sessions just ran again to become the Republican nominee for that Senate seat that he gave up. Trump came and was like, no, 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 we're not even going to do it like this. Another guy ran who was like an Alabama football coach as a Republican, so there was a primary. Trump came down firmly on the side of the person that was running against Sessions. That person won. Sessions had to get up on stage, and he was in tears, conceding. I feel he like... was a senator, by the way, in Alabama for over 20 years. Okay. I think that Romney's name alone, people know who he is. Mm-hmm. Most people know who he is. I think he can recover from a Trump bash. Oh, it's going to be bad. Yeah. I because think he'll, he, he'll he didn't hate Sessions. Him. He just did that to fuck with him. He hates Romney. Yeah. He's going to hurt him. Yeah, he's yeah. going to try. Yeah. So it's going to be ugly. But I think, I, I do genuinely think the party that loses is going to be split. It'll be an uglier split for the Democratic Party than it will be for the Republican Party. I think for the Democratic Party, you're going to see this ugly, super left-wing thing emerge. The socialism? Yeah, it's going to be like a, a pure socialist thing that comes out of it. And they're going to be that's going to be a split they can't recover from. The Republicans, I think there's going to be an initial huge split. 
Yeah, I think you're going to have... You're the, going to have the conservatives actually split off from the racists or whatever the fuck yeah, are the in the party. Yeah, that's what they used to call progressive conservatism or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what Romney was. That's yeah, you're, you're going to have this... You're going to have a massive split. A massive split. I think it's going to be more detrimental to the Democrats, though. So if, if Biden loses, I think the split that they're going to see is going to hurt their party a lot more than the split that the Republicans will have. Because I think you could you could they have... They only have four parties. Let's just do it. We need I, more than just two yeah, choices well, anyway. That's how, that's how every other country runs. But um, Because I think the two Republican parties, whatever they split off and end up being, would be willing to work with one another. The Whatever the super left-wing party that would emerge out of the Democrat side, they it's their way or the highway. I, th- I think there's no rationale there. They don't even give a shit about winning. It's their way or the highway. Mm-hmm. Because now they somehow take the moral high ground. Where that used to be the the Republican thing, they take the moral high ground now. So I don't know, but well, do you have anything else you'd like to add to our wrestling podcast? <laughs> this is awesome. So um, yeah, we had a lot. We had a lot in here today. So, so this is definitely uh, it was very uh, not too much wrestling news here. We were yeah, it was well with COVID and everything. It's kind of difficult. So it'll be it'll be weird for a little bit yet. But yeah, I think we can cover some of the SummerSlam stuff on uh, our next show, like what sure. they're doing with that and everything, and the lead up to that. So, um, what do you think of the eye for the eye match? Dumb. Do? Dumb. They shouldn't even be using that name, considering AEW just used it. But they're literally going to remove an eye, though. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. I mean, eh. AEW didn't do that. It'll have laugh value. Yeah. <laughs> I'll laugh. So they're doing a couple cinematic fight. The Swamp match is supposed to be cinematic. Mm-hmm. Did you hear it's a non-title match? Yep, I did hear that. That's dumb. Yep. And then, because, um, which to me, the only reason why you would make it non-title is because you want Bray to win. Yeah, it sounds like why it's taking time off. Right. A lot of time off after. Yeah, so because that's why. He, he just had a kid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's why. And his contract's almost up. So, so why not make it a title match and just have him lose? Uh, because they don't want to piss him off before his contract's up. Strowman's probably going to w- w- win anyways. Yeah, he's going to win now, but it's not like a title loss. No, 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 I mean, Strowman's going to win. Right, it's not like he's in a title match that he lost, though. That Wyatt was that Wyatt lost a correct match. yes, but he's got another. This is not this is not the fiend. This is the Bray Wyatt swamp character that they don't know how to book to begin with. Yeah, that character can lose all they want because everything cares? we were saying about AEW WWE is far worse when it comes to any logic. So it doesn't it doesn't even matter. But I think they at least have a cohesive idea of what they want to do. So, yeah, they want to make a horror show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. And then, um, yeah, that one's supposed to be cinematic. They said the the Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio will be cinematic. How do you feel about the cinematic fights in general? They work. They're just going to overdo it and play it out. I think so, too. I mm-hmm. think the Boneyard, it worked for the Boneyard match, and it worked for the Bray Wyatt. Yep. I don't think we should have saw another one until... Nope. They did it with Money in the Bank, too. <laughs> it was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, it wasn't as bad as Cornette said it was, but it wasn't good. Yeah. So with that, I'm uh, structure deck sacred beast alongside. Don't say it, but go ahead. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's say, going on. say it. Say what? Say it. 
Machina Citadel. There you go. <laughs> and we'll play we'll play you out with the um with EC3's theme as he debuts at AW or TNA or wherever it is. Please.